The Shpola Zede, Reb Arya Leib, spent many years wandering from shtetl to shtetl and shtot to shtot before he became famous as a Balmoifes and a tzaddik because he wanted to see how the simple Jews lived so he could help them wherever possible while he purified his neshama through the hardships of wandering from town to town, sleeping on the floor of an inn, and eating whatever kindly people would share with him. In the course of his wanderings, he came to the shtetl of Zlatopolya, not far from Kiev. Like other poor wanderers would do, he made his way to the community house, where poor travelers were given something to eat and a warm, dry place to sleep, free of charge. On Shabbos, they would be invited to eat with a private family, and those people were so glad to have the mitzvah of Hachnosis Orchim, while the guests had the pleasure of a warm Hamisha atmosphere and nice Shabbos meals. The Yidden of Zlatopolya were Frum people and simple people. They knew how to daven, they knew how to say tilim, which they did every day, along with all of the other daily mitzvahs, but they were not necessarily tamidi chachamim. The most important Jew in their kihila was the shamish, because he was the balkaida and the baltaikeya. This meant that the shamish would do two things which terrified the plain Yidden of Zlatopolya. The first was the Aliyah of the Teichacha twice a year. Because the Shamash was the Balkaida, he would take those Aliyahs. In the Teichacha, the Taita warns us of the dreadful consequences of not fulfilling Hashem's commandments. The Jews of Zlatopolya were filled with trepidation when they would hear those words. For in their humility, they considered themselves to have many more Avedas than mitzvahs. The other thing that the Shamash would do that terrified the simple Jews of Zlatopolya was being the Baltaikeya to blow the Shefer on Rosh Hashanah. Because the Shefer is a sound for tshuva on the Yem Hadin, the sound of the Shefer filled them with awe and trembling. So the Jews of Zlatopolya held their Shamash in the highest esteem. They considered him to be a real Tamid Chacham and a worthy Jew with many good deeds and very few Avedas because he was not afraid to have the Aliyah to read the Teichacha and to blow the Shoifer on behalf of all of the community of Zlatopolya. But this meant that there was a problem. Every time a Shamash would pass away, there would be a vacancy. They needed to find a new Shamash, and there were no volunteers, because the person who became the Shamash would have to perform those awesome tasks. And it was never easy to hire a Shamash. Usually it would be an old man who was eventually found to take the job, one who had not many years left to risk losing. So there were many different shamashim in Zlatopolya. Although this should not have been surprising, 
considering that the Shamashim were usually old. It seemed to confirm the fears of the Jews in Zlatopolya that the job of a Shamash was a very risky business, and it would not be easy to find a suitable candidate. And this was the situation that Reb Aryeleb found when he arrived in Zlatopolya. The Jews were very concerned because the old Shamash had passed away and they had found no replacement. They asked Reb Aryeleb, just as they had asked every newcomer to town before him. They wanted to know if he knew how to lane and if he knew how to blow the shofar and if he would be willing to take the aliyah for the teichacha. When he said yes, they were delighted and immediately offered him the position of Shamish in their town. Reb Aryeleb answered that he would accept the position on certain conditions. The Gaboyim agreed to all of those conditions, especially as they were quite reasonable. And the Jews of Zlatopolya rejoiced, because Baruch Hashem, they had a Shamash. One of Reb Aryeleb's conditions in accepting the job as Shamash was that the men's mikveh should be available and heated every day during the week, not just on Erev Shabbos. At first, the Mikvayid faithfully carried out this request. But as time went on, he discovered that no one ever came to the Mikvah during the week, except for the Shamash, who would come every night after Chatzos Halayla. So the Mikvayid became indignant. Why should I heat up the Mikvah just for the Shamash? Besides, who ever heard of men going to the Mikvah every day? The Mikvayid, of course, did not know that amongst Hasidim, men generally go every day before davening. So the Mikvayid stopped heating the Mikvah during the week. And moreover, he put a lock on the door to put a stop to the Shamash's nonsense, as he called it. Reb Aryeleib begged the Mikvayid to give him the key to the lock, even if he didn't want to heat the Mikvah. The Shamash even offered the Mikvayid money, but the Mikvayid refused. Then Reb Aryeleib said to him, Listen, my friend, if you will promise not to tell anyone, I will reveal a secret to you which will greatly gladden your heart, but only on condition that you will open the door of the Mikvah for me and heat it again as you did before. The Mikvayid could not resist the temptation to hear the Shamash's secret, and he promised that he agreed to the conditions. I want you to know, said the Shamash, that I have it in my power to punish you for your bad behavior, but I do not do such things. On the contrary, I will do you a very great favor. I know that you have a daughter ready to get married but the poor girl is unable to see Leilenu, so she's still unmarried. Now, if you open the mikvah for me and heat it tonight and every night as before, I shall, when I use the mikvah tonight, daven to Hashem to open your daughter's eyes and restore her sight to her. The mikvayid could hardly believe what he heard, but he felt it was worth trying. Hoping against hope, he promised the shamash that the mikveh again would be open every night and nice and warm. Early the next morning, 
after Reb Arya Leib had used the mikveh, a great commotion filled the mikveh Yid's house. His daughter had woken up and began to scream, Tati, Mommy, come quickly. I can see. I can see. She ran to her dear parents, embraced them and kissed them. She laughed and she cried, and they laughed and cried with her, and she hugged her little sisters and brothers. The neighbors heard the tumult and came to see what it was all about. The word spread, and the whole town of Zlatapolya came to see the Ness. It did not occur to anyone to connect it with the Shamash, and the Mikvayid kept his word and remained silent. One year later, the Mikvayid became unwell, Loyalenu, and realized that his Neshama was soon to go away from his guf. So he asked the Gaboyim to come to his bedside, for he had something important to tell them. When they came, he told them the secret of his daughter's recovery of her sight, that it was due to the Tfilois of the Shamish. My brothers, said the Mikvayid, you should know that the Shamish is a tzaddik. From now on, you must treat him with even greater respect and honor than before, because he is truly a great tzaddik. The news that the Shamish of Zlatapolya was a hidden tzaddik and a Balmoifus spread far and wide. People from far and near came to see him, to ask him to daven for them, and bench them with gezunt, parnasa, and nachas. But Reb Aryeleib felt he was not ready for such attention. He was not ready to become a Rebbe. He had not yet fulfilled his mission to visit many more towns and villages where Jews in trouble needed his help and his encouragement. So he told the leaders of the Kihila his intention to leave as soon as they would find a new Shamash. This should not be difficult, now that many Yidden had moved to Zlatapolya, and there would surely be one of them who would be glad to take his place. And he offered a promise that whoever would become the Shamash would be benched with Arichas Yomim, long life. And finally, Reb Aryeleib assured the dear Jews of Zlatapolya that they had nothing to fear of the Teichacha, for its harsh words are actually brachas in disguise, and as long as they would faithfully fulfill the ways of the Teira and the mitzvahs in their everyday life and dealings with one another, they had nothing to worry about. The Jews of Zlatapolya soon found a new shamash, and Reb Aryeleib left soon after and continued on his wanderings. Eventually, he settled in Shpola, not far from Kiev, and became the Shpola Zeda, the grandfather of Shpola, continuing the work of his master, the Holy Balshemtov, and of the Balshemtov's Talmud, Reb Pinchas Koritzer, until the Shpola Zeda passed away at the age of 87 years, on Vav Tishrei, in the year 5573, 1812, in the Common Era, in blessed memory. Thank you.